Hello, everybody. Welcome to the About That Life podcast. I'm Will Ramirez. And I'm Octavia Ramirez. Reunited and it feels so good. Yes, we are back. The dynamic duo, the uh, couple that podcasts together, together <laughs> occasionally, but sometimes apart. Uh, trouble. There is no trouble in paradise. Uh, the marriage is alive and well, almost mm-hmm. maybe even better now that we've <laughs> we've aired our grievances on a solo <laughs> podcast to the world. Yeah, we just like laid it all out, eh? Yeah, I couldn't even go back and listen to that episode, my own episode at least. Why? I don't know. I just didn't. I just. It was I, too difficult. Well, no, it wasn't that it was too difficult. It's just like I, I generally like don't like listening back to my voice. Why? You have a great voice. Everyone's always complimenting you on it. I know, but like when I hear my voice, I just hear like just all the like little ticks, the little like um, example, the little ums and the <laughs> ahs and all the things that they would frown upon at Toastmasters. Mm. Um, anybody who's had to do Toastmasters at work knows what I'm talking about. I don't You'd... think anyone has. Yeah. That's like the previous generation. Yeah, it's definitely dying out. They don't expect you to speak at work anymore. It's all Slack messages and... But you know what? That's terrible. Slide decks. Oh, I know. I people, hate slide decks. People have terrible presentation skills now. Oh, yeah. Like, I was I was, I was, was doing a presentation um, for this group, and, like, uh, the, the person I was working with on it was like, oh, you know, we need to put this... I'm like, no, just cut all this information out. And just say the words. Yeah. I'm like, you need one sentence per slide. Yeah. And that's it. Exactly. And then you speak to that idea. Yeah. But right? they, they if, obvi- if you're presenting it, if you're going to send it out for somebody to consume independently, mm-hmm. then you lay that out a little bit differently. But man, I've, I've received some like really dense decks that's just like... I'm never reading any of this shit. Yeah, exactly. Give exactly. me the Coles notes. Anyway, so we know everyone's real slide deck nerds out there and they're hanging out. It's like, ooh, finally a, an episode on slide decks at work. <laughs> yeah, you guys asked and we yeah. delivered. We listen to the people here on the About That Life podcast. How do you think the um, the solo episodes went? I think they went really well. I haven't checked the numbers. <laughs> but, I know uh, you declared competition. I did declare competition. Yes. Hopefully this one will like outrank them both by a long shot. Yeah. Tell your friends, subscribe on iTunes <laughs> and rate and review. That would be fantastic. Yeah, that'd be great. We would really appreciate that. Yeah, we would. Um, but I liked the solo episode. You did? Yeah. It just allowed me to just go off. Yeah, into- you know... You know, like, I do tend to go on off, like, on rants and stuff like that. You know this. And, mm-hmm. you, know, you know, like, my two-in-the-morning rants. I'm <laughs> just like... But, but like, I don't I don't know how to trigger trigger that for myself. It mm-hmm. usually, like, is triggered by something in conversation. I know. And that's what I was worried about, too. I was like, oh, okay, how am I going to, like, segue and still keep people interested and actually make sense and be able to, like, tie things together? And I really didn't, like, script my thing at all like i literally just put like point like little point bullet yeah. points just like from like different parts of life yeah and like I did the didn't same really thing. like write anything out and it ended up working out i, I think mm-hmm. um but yeah i was worried about that too like i don't have someone to like bounce off of and like Ooh, bless Ooh. you thank you um, and thank you to everyone who said bless you on the subway <laughs> <laughs> i know you did it <laughs> yeah so um, but no, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed having kind of that free reign to just say whatever. And I think mostly for me, I wanted to be able to bring some context because like 
we basically just started this just hit the ground running and like assume that you just pick up along the way but it's good to actually have context it's It's like like the clip show episode (laughs) yes we've been watching too much friends yeah so that's what episode 45 i think we talk about friends for 40 minutes yeah (laughs) or something like that but um that was really like an idea that we had to make sure that we're staying a little bit more consistent with this podcast because i think the problem really was that you know, sometimes like I'm ready to go and you're tired or vice versa, or we're just both plumb out of ideas or uninspired or just tired or stressed or whatever. So sometimes that can be a roadblock to us actually getting episodes out. Right. And yeah, like I just figured, hey, like you and I tend to have different things we're, we're pa- you know, we're passionate about in different ways. So I'm like, let's just do solo episodes and have like our own guests. So that's another thing too, is we're going to be bringing on our own guests. Oh, my guests are going to be so much better than your guests. Yeah. I even like shortlisted some people. (laughs) Um, I've sent a couple invites out and I think the people I've asked, they're kind of like, wait, what? Like shocked. Yeah. But I don't know. I might have to like reevaluate my guest list. (laughs) Oh man. I was just joking, but you already reaching out to people. I'm like behind here. Yeah. I would just figure I'd use that time to just go on a, on a long rant on something that you, you probably have no interest in or like don't. Like soccer or something? No. Like see right now, I, yeah, I, I do have a rant like queued up, but I'm I'm not sure what format I'm going to like publicize this rant, whether it's going to be a YouTube video or it's going to be this on oh, this podcast. Yeah, that's right. You have like multiple different channels to do this with. Yeah. See, the podcast is really my only like media well, outlet. You have your blog as well. Yeah, which I like never write in. So if you don't know, I do have a blog, which basically I've just turned into my portfolio slash like website, I guess. OctaviaFaith.com. OctaviaFaith.com. But yeah, I don't really blog that much anymore. Um, At least not for free. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah. But anyways, hopefully you guys enjoyed those solo episodes. Like we said, we definitely want to do more of those. Um, so hopefully you enjoyed those. Enjoy them. If they, if you did, let us know so mm. that we have like an idea of whether to. I've gotten do. some positive feedback. Oh, did you? Yeah, personally. Yeah. Okay, sweet. Yeah, me too. I got like personal messages. And again, we're gonna stress this to you, all of you wonderful people that love to text we're us. We're all one big happy family here. Let's get a discussion Post going. Post it <laughs> on our Facebook page or rate yeah. it on iTunes. I love you people that text me, but post it on a public forum because (laughs) your text message does nothing for my SEO. And (laughs) if you like this show. trying to ride that algorithm, though. Yeah. How about the algorithm, though? (laughs) So anyways, yeah, like we said, we're going to be having guests on. And yeah, hopefully you guys like it. So So we're going to take a break from our solo careers and uh, like (laughs) Jay-Z and Beyonce come together together. and go ape shit. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yes uh if you didn't see the recent music video um filmed at the louvre the louvre the louvre the louvre louvre louvre, louvre. it's like that that re is so silent yeah. like it's just like it's just supposed to just roll off your tongue you don't the louvre yeah it's so hard to say <laughs> it was filmed at the louvre one of the most i'm literally icon- drinking an ice cap as we do this podcast yeah so. we both are we were about to like just pass out and i know call it a night yeah but the ice I needed cap the hit um yeah this uh episode is not sponsored by tim hortons but uh, although tim hortons yo tim, <laughs> yo, tim where you at yo, call me maybe that algorithm though <laughs> <laughs> um 
Yeah, so I mean, there's been a lot of talk about this music video. I just watched it yesterday. Um, what do you think? I mean, the whole like African American symbolism thing is like, it's not even like, con- it's not even like, what's the word I'm looking for? Scandalous anymore. Right. Like, it's not even like they're trying to make a statement, but the statement's already been done so much mm-hmm. that like, it's not even like it, it was expected. <laughs> Well, like, I, I mean? like as soon as I heard, the- as soon as I had heard that Jay Z and Beyonce filmed the music video in the Louvre, I'm like, okay, well, I know what this is about now. It's like, um, yes, you know, these priceless work of art, these iconic images, and you all know, showing uh, black people as slaves and stuff. Yeah, or n- no black people at all. Like yeah. the the traditional um, ideal of like European Eurocentric oh, and beauty. Like, I can't believe we made it. Like, yeah, exactly. I don't even know what the song is. That's all I know. All I know, like. <laughs> My big takeaway from that video is Beyonce's a better rapper than Jay-Z. <laughs> no, my takeaway <laughs> is Beyonce needs to stop rapping and needs to go back to singing. Y'all singing too much <laughs> or not singing enough. But yeah. also Jay-Z just looks so stupid just standing there for most yeah, of the time. Yeah, while his wife spits hot bars. <laughs> <laughs> Do you really think that she was... I think she was way better than... And I said this to you while I'm watching the YouTube video. I'm like, well, like, she's coming pretty hard. Like, his verse better be, like, correct. Fire, yeah. Otherwise, it, it's going to be, like, he's going to get... And it was all of, like, 20 seconds long. It's going to be a joke. Like, he got he got heat when, like, Nicki Minaj out outperformed him on, like, Kanye West's album. I mean, he's, like, then, 50 like, years old. He's probably, like, really tired and, like, over it. So then, like, just go and do your thing. Like <laughs> I he, know, he's, like, ape shit just standing there. I think there. he was just, like, he was just appointed, like, head president of, like, Puma basketball or something like Why? that. Why? Uh, I mean, I don't care. But anyways, yeah. <laughs> I was actually just excited to see the Louvre. Honestly. <laughs> I was like, ooh, Mona Lisa room. I remember that. <laughs> From like a cinematic standpoint, I mean, like, it's just such a beautiful place. It's just like. Well, you were like, oh, I kind of liked it. Like, it was very cinematic. I'm like, it wasn't cinematic. It was the Louvre. No, but like, like even it's like. It's just the that sh- it's a beautiful place. No, but like even the shots that they were able to get and like, like you and I could go to the Louvre with a camera and, and film a music yeah, well, video. Yeah, well, obviously and, and with we're our not, like <laughs> iPhone cameras. No, even if like we were left alone with free rain in the Louvre like our music video is not gonna look like well some of the places they had the lights turned off and they had like colorful lights on like obviously no absolutely have- but like even one shot where he's like in front of like that statue of of Nike mm-hmm. um and it's just like it's just a very like epic shot of like him just kind of rapping like alone against his white background I don't know like- I personally thought the shot I took of your Adidas shoes on that staircase was pretty good too <laughs> okay <laughs> my Adidas shoes on the staircases leading up to Nike yeah ooh, awesome so controversial ooh, yeah so I know. cutting edge take that Jay-Z avant-garde we made it <laughs> that's the word I was looking for avant-garde yeah um but no I mean I wasn't blown away, obviously. No. Again, I was just excited to see the Louvre because I just love Paris and uh, Mona Lisa was whatever. Actually, it's funny. Cause you know whose video was like, I think had a, like a, a better effect at like communicating some like a more like artistic tone is like Kanye West, like um, the toast for the douchebags video. Yeah. With the ballerinas. The ballerinas. That was. Yeah. That's way more like um, Tate modern kind yeah. of thing. Right. Yeah. Well, or or I mean, even Jay-Z's. Um, Picasso video. I haven't seen it. Um, um, I mean, this really was just 
it's just Solange written all over it with the women in the like body suits that are like the yeah, neutral, yeah. the skin toned body suits dancing mm-hmm. and like holding hands and like I'm pretty. It almost looks like Solange like art directed this. This um, yeah, I mean, whatever. Everyone's trying to like. She's do- always doing like human art installations and stuff. Well, like at everyone right now that. is just like trying to do the most and like yeah. you know, like the hip hop and like pop world is <laughs> not trying to, Drake like- though. He had a Degrassi reunion in his video. <laughs> well, like <laughs> so avant garde. Well, yeah, I mean, Drake's just doing the most, trying to get like the meme life. You know mm-hmm, what I mean? Like mm-hmm. he's playing to the memes and like just getting internet traffic mm-hmm. like vi- virality as opposed to like substance yeah and then like everyone else is just trying to trying to be so like overly artistic and creative it's just like like the song doesn't necessarily have anything to do with like you know what you you know the setting that you've chosen that music video that's generally true for music videos yeah right? my, well, like, my sister was like I don't know. Some my sister had a pretty good critique of it. Yeah, she's like, it sounds like they like she they should have spent more time on the music than they did, like on this video. Yeah, like the song sucks. I mean, I don't know. It yeah. is what it is. It's, it's not just, great. Yeah, mm. it's just whatever a summer band. But like, yeah, exactly. As I'm listening to it, I'm like, oh crap, this song <laughs> is gonna be everywhere now, and yeah. it's gonna be so annoying by the weekend. Yeah, we're so cynical though. No, it's true though. Like, like I recently, just like said, I know a summer banger when I hear it, yeah. like right away, mm-hmm. and like whether I like it or not, I in my mind I'm like shit. <laughs> I'm gonna be so sick of that song. Yeah, well, let them do what they want to do because I just discovered I like Dave Matthews Band. <laughs> DMB, and I've been telling you for years. Yeah, you know, because my critique was I didn't like the singer's voice. Yeah, but this isn't like this isn't like a John Mayer. This isn't like a singer's band. You know what I no, mean? it's a band singer. This is a musician's <laughs> band. You know yeah, what I mean? it's so good. Like, it's just, you're right. It's like so well engineered and so crisp. Yeah. Yeah. Like the fact there's great. so much going on musically and then like they're able to like get each and every little tiny nuanced sound to come through. Yeah, it's even great. like the crappiest speakers because it's not like we got like Harmon Kardon or JBL up in our place. It's just mm. our imax speakers and i know but it sounds so good but it sounds so good yeah so i'm just like i'm reverting to the 90s now i'm watching friends i am listening to dmb well here's the thing like i've been telling you for years that is like i've listened to all the music that i'm gonna listen (laughs) to like i I don't need anything new i'm good i'm gonna go backwards if anything yeah me too you know i've gone back to like the 70s 50s 60s to like jazz from like the 60s i only discovered the beatles like five years ago like the the Beatles were new to me yeah because I didn't grow up my parents didn't grow up listening or listening to the Beatles it was never played in my house yeah exactly it wasn't a thing so then when I like you know actually sat down and started listening to some of like the cuts other than like the songs that just end up on like toothpaste commercials Mm -hmm. I'm like oh yeah these guys are all right yeah it's all right but yeah no I'm personally discovering DMB right now really enjoying it and just could honestly care less for Beyonce and Jay-Z I'm so over them. Yeah. And it's like making me sad because I know that now they're like in pop culture, like for good. Yeah. And I'm going to have to be exposed to them until the day I die. (laughs) You know what I mean? Even if it's like 30 years from now and it's like, oh, remember... It's going to be Beyonce. The, the Beyonce tribute show. Yeah, exactly. 50th anniversary tribute show. It's just like, no. God forbid one of them dies tragically. And we'll never hear the end of it. Yeah, There'll for sure. There'll be like a oh. month of tributes. Oh, gosh. 
Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> I'm like already done. Even I can talk. already see Lady Gaga performing <laughs> all the single ladies at some <laughs> so like, annoying tribute. Yeah. So anyways, that was that. Went to the Louvre and I personally liked when I was there. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I liked it better when I was in that room. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Definitely way better. Way than better. <laughs> me that being there is way better than you being there. Yeah. Um, do you feel like an imposter at work? Not you, you. <laughs> because uh, you, an <laughs> imposter at work in my pajamas at home. <laughs> yeah, I swear to God, if you feel like an imposter at work. Hey, it's still possible because you're like, I'm running a business, right? And like, I literally had an email, um, this PR company reached out to me they're like oh hey we have this like resource we want to send you and like have you like look at review it you know whatever do some content around it and they're like what's your mailing address I actually had two companies reach out just this week asking for our mailing address and it's like apart like I obviously don't put apartment I put suite yeah number (laughs) which now I'm just giving it away who knows if they ever find this podcast but yeah, so I do. I feel like, oh, I need an office. And like so many times I've gone and like looked at offices, at co-working places. I've looked at individual offices and I can just never stomach the cost. Yeah. Where I'm like, why? When I could just get a free office, also known as my living room, and call it a day. At so, most, you get the Starbucks office. Yeah, exactly. And like, I mean, whatever, a freelancer, self-employed person, whatever, working out of a coffee shop it's no big deal, but... I still do feel a little bit of that imposter syndrome. So chances are, if you do feel like an imposter, if you're listening to this right now, then according to the New York Times and Kristen Wong, uh, you are not white uh, because... Okay, first of all, that's (laughs) incorrect as well. Imposter syndrome... Well, no, I'm not saying... Read the definition. It's right there. No, no, I'm not saying that... I'm not saying that it's your own. It's definitely only like minorities that experience it. But what the article is, one of the main premises of the article is that it is more prevalent among minorities. Okay. Well, you didn't do a good job of setting up. First of all, what is an imposter syndrome? Okay. Well, please do tell. Okay. So imposter syndrome is basically a psychological, I don't know if you would call it like a phenomenon, but it's what, so according to this article in the New York Times, um, it was coined by psychologists back in like the 70s, the late 70s. And here's the definition that they give. It's an internal experience of intellectual phoniness in people who believe that they are not intelligent, capable or creative, despite evidence of high achievement. So basically, like, regardless of how many degrees you have or how much experience or certificates or whatever you have in your given field there's always going to be like this well not for everyone but for probably majority of people there's this feeling of like oh shit i'm gonna get found out like i'm legit i'm a fraud what am i doing here like if you're at like you're about to present at like a ted talk or something you would probably feel like whoa they're asking me like i don't even how do i i don't know what i'm talking about you know what i mean like there's always this feeling of like I don't belong. I don't know what I'm talking about. Someone else is better than me or I'm going to get found out. So that's what imposter syndrome is. Have you felt like that in your professional career? Because you're generally a pretty confident person. Oh, yeah. And that's the thing is it's like it's not even based on like whether you're confident or not. Mm -hmm. It's like 
I Does think everybody it, have it? I think everyone can experience imposter syndrome to different de- at different degrees or different stages in their life. Mm-hmm. I think you definitely feel it early on in your career, of course, because you're still trying to get that, you know, get your robes. And- I feel it's like the opposite. Like in early on in my career, I feel like I went into some of the jobs that I went into and being like, yeah, I was born for this. This is what I trained for. Here I am. Like you're holding me back. You're not letting me do enough. Like. Like, that's how I felt. Like, I need to be doing more. I'm better than what you're, what you're, the work you're giving me to do right now. Yeah. Okay. So you had a little bit of like, what's the word for like millennials that they always use? Entitlement. Entitlement. That's right. But like, okay. So that's, that's maybe your experience. That's at the beginning of my career. As my career has progressed and I've sort of like moved up into like more like middle management-y kind of positions or more leadership positions then yeah, I've definitely felt more like an imposter or as I've kind of moved away from that initial industry that I was working in Mm -hmm. and worked into something that was a little bit more of a, of a stretch for me or or like something that was outside of my comfort zone. um, Then it definitely felt like, like, Oh crap, I'm going to get found out and like went to work every day, literally feeling like, okay, today's the day I'm going to get like fired. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Cause like you always think like, Oh shoot, if I make a mistake, someone's going to be like, um, do you know what you're doing? Yeah. <laughs> and the truth is like, no. <laughs> really? Or even all... like ask a question or yeah, even like question seek that... advice. That's or... right. Well, I'm usually pretty good about asking questions for things I maybe don't quite understand. And I just want to clarify. And that's, again, a key word you want to use. Like, oh, I just wanted to make sure we were on the same page. Or I just want to clarify. So you're not really saying that I didn't have jack shit idea what the like you know what I mean I don't know Mm -hmm. it's more like oh yeah I I suspected as so but thanks for corroborating that (laughs) so do you know what I mean like for me in the degree that I studied which was science I still like if I had to go and give a talk or something like that in the field of clinical research or or whatever, something sciencey. I don't the <laughs> fact that I even said sciencey, wow. Yeah. Like I can honestly say I would still feel like so um nervous or so insecure. I think there's I think because, there's because like and so like necessary um so having a degree in that field doesn't necessarily give you that or doesn't negate the imposter syndrome because you're always no. gonna have these insecurities. Right. So now I'm in a field that I didn't actually go to school for. So I'm kind of self-taught in it and I feel confident most days, but oh, absolutely. If I'm ever speaking at a, at a conference or a workshop, there's always this thing in the back of my mind. Like, are you going to ask me a question that I don't know the answer to? And then I'm going to get found out that like, I don't know what I'm talking about. Mm. But the thing is like, I do know what I'm talking about, but then you always have this weird insecurity in the back of your mind that That someone's going to stand up and say, (laughs) Jacques, imposter. Yes. (laughs) And like, it's funny. So, you know, I've read about this before and even like everyone, like presidents and high powered CEOs and C-suite level executives and, um, you know, leaders in all sorts of different industries and fields feel this feel this way. You know what the thing is? Like, I was just thinking about it right now. Like, do you think Donald Trump has imposter syndrome? Absolutely. I don't think so. Yes, I think he, he has does. the. I think he has the opposite effect of imposter syndrome, which is which is the. It's known as the Dunning Kruger effect. Oh yeah, where you're like an idiot, but you so believe. It's that like you're... you don't know what you don't know, so you're just so confident in the in the things that you do know, even though there's like. You know, that you don't think about, like, 
you know, have all the things that you don't. Actually, I think the Dunning-Kruger effect is when you're debilitated by knowing that you don't know things. Yeah, it's the people that are like, I guess it's not really imposter syndrome. You're right. It's kind of like, oh, no, like I'm not. I know I'm not good enough. Right. Which, like I need to know this. and I need to know that. Yeah, like, I need I'm, to I'm, check all the boxes before I even try. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, so, no. I, Whereas I, there's people who just like they don't know that they need to do all that stuff. So they mm-hmm. just do it and are very successful at it. That's the other thing I think I've benefited from yeah you have more of that usually i'm like like, whatever i'll figure it out along the way yeah like you don't you don't yeah you don't care to find out what you don't know just like i want to do this (laughs) and you just you know start walking i'll figure it i do find out right like i'll but i'll I'll do it on the way (laughs) yeah i don't i don't wait till i know everything to try something and so i think that's definitely benefited me in in the in the long run but the other thing too is i'm off i am a very confident person and so if someone said like um if someone kind of called me out, yeah, I would feel like an imposter syndrome kind of situation. But I'm more than willing to say like, oh, you know what? I actually don't know that. I'll have to look it up. Yeah. And, there's and because I say it so like so confidently, people are like, OK, well, I'm sure she will do that yeah. <laughs> or whatever. So, I'm, you know, but that's not to say that I don't suffer from the imposter. What would syndrome. you say to graduates? Because we just went to a graduation party, incidentally, this past weekend for uh, for one of my cousins who graduated McMaster, a fellow alumni Ooh, of yours. Go Marauders. Yeah. What is a Marauder? I don't know. Just... <laughs> <laughs> I don't. Yes, but go them. <laughs> yes. Um, so, yeah. We, what would you say to like a new grad who's like, see, when you leave when you leave school, whatever school you're doing, you think that whatever it says on that paper mm-hmm. is what you are. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Right. Yes. So. When I left school, you know, I thought I was a digital media artist, <laughs> whatever the F that means, right? Yeah. Um, I actually knew knew enough about myself to know that it's like, okay, well, I want to, you know, work in TV and film and things like that. Mm-hmm. But for a lot of people, it's just like, it's just whatever it says on that paper. Okay, that must be who I am because that's what I spent all this money and time yeah. getting. Yeah. So... I mean, I don't know if your cousin listens to this podcast, but basically her and I studied the same. She ended up getting the same degree that I have. What? what? Uh, woo. Yeah. Life science. What up? This is what it looks. This is what the dream looks I like. Know, I know. And I almost feel like, oh, gosh, like, again, not imposter syndrome in this situation, but kind of like, I don't want to say insecure, but I kind of feel like. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, there's not. <laughs> I'm sorry. That, this is as much. This is as far as I can give you as far yeah, as advice. Exactly. No, but so here's the thing. So she went into this. She was obviously very bright in high school, much like myself, um, and you know got great grades. And I'm sure she did really well in university as well, and wanted to be a doctor. And so at this party, I asked her like, "Hey, so like, what's the what's the plan? Like, did you write your MCAT? When are you? You know, what's going on?" Hmm. And she seemed you McMaster le- people are a hoot at parties. So, yeah. So, anyways, and then, I don't know, her answer, she didn't seem too enthused about following the whole med school path or, I don't know, it just didn't seem like that was necessarily the route she was going to go anymore. So, I was like, okay, well, what are you thinking then? And she mm-hmm. was like, oh, I'm thinking like pharmacy. And like, I had an audible like, no, <laughs> because like. Again, like you said, the fact that because it says science on her degree, she probably feels like, okay, I got to like check off. All right, maybe not med school. So what's next? Well, maybe pharmacy. And then the next thing people do is 
try nursing or dentistry or optometry. So it's always like they're trying to stay within that like science realm yeah, because, because you, they think, yeah, you well, think that I got to put my degree to use. Yeah. And that's, and like I'm your, guilty of that. And that's your, your best chance. And maybe like you generally have an interest in science and you genuinely like want to stay within sciences and yeah, but like, but that's like the, that's the fallacy of like our university system is that like, you're not exposed. Like they tell you to do, um, what are those called? General education. Not or... just that, the elective courses, right. right? And so you do them and yeah, like obviously exposes you to a certain degree. But they're usually of, just throwaway courses. But they're throwaway courses that you're just doing to get credit or you're trying to loot, like loosely connect to your actual degree. Um, or yeah. Bring like, up your GPA. Bring up your GPA. Exactly. So it's like, it is really just this, calculated approach to studying so i think we had talked about this in a previous episode where you really should it it really should go go back to like this liberal arts um approach where you are really learning about like philosophy and how to think and and things like that so this is this is the problem i think in our in the system is that because it says science now even when you're in the job market, if let's say you do decide after having worked for a couple of years that you want to make a pivot in your career, it's really hard to do that because now people have pigeonholed you because you studied a certain thing in university thinking you wanted to be a doctor, lawyer, whatever you wanted to yeah. be. And it's if a hard you decide, transition. It's a hard transition, right? How long did your transition take you out of sciences? Um, I mean, I'm kind of in a way still in it very, very loosely. Like I work with tech, comp- I've worked with tech companies. But like from a job space. title specifically. Um, so like it's been about four, four years since I'm out, I've been was like, it like out the startup of the healthcare. that you worked for. Was that, would you say that was the point? That was about four years ago. Okay. Yeah. And that was kind of that last transition. But I recently just had a client that was a healthcare tech company out in BC. Right. Um, and then I'm now also working with another client also. <laughs> They're an international company, but I'm working with their BC office, which is also within the healthcare, poli- more the policy area. Right. So um, it's it, it actually worked out in my favor because having healthcare became an asset and the fact that I was creative and could write um, ended up helping me in my career to have that niche, I suppose. Whereas everyone else that was, I guess, my classmates was going into med school, nursing, pharmacy, optometry. You know what I mean? Like the traditional hard clinical sciences, whereas I kind of transitioned out. Here's what I would say, being never a science student or anything even like close. Mm -hmm. Uh, Well, not true. I did do political science for a little bit. Oh, (laughs) yes. One of the true hard sciences. Yeah. Um, But I would say is like, okay, if you know that you've just done what? Four years of school minimum. Yeah. And you have a minimum four more to go if you want to be a a doctor. Mm -hmm. Like, forget med school for one year. Yeah. Forget school for one year. Get a job. Travel. Get a job overseas somewhere broaden your mind do all the things that school didn't do yeah if you already decided to go the route in school personally i would say don't go to university unless you're absolutely 100 percent sure you're trying to be a doctor because that's really the only way to do it well and that's the everything thing. else you can be without a university yeah and that's the thing right like with your cousin then afterwards i told her you know anyways i'm not gonna go on a rant about this but i told her i was like hey, really think about if you want to do this whole like pharmacy thing. You know what I mean? Because unless you absolutely want to do it, then don't do it. 
because I've seen it before. You know what I mean? We're science students. They kind of go through that checklist of like, okay, I didn't get into med school. What are my chances of getting into dentistry school? What are my chances of getting into optometry? Like I said, I'm not going to go through that. But yeah, I just told her like, hey, let me know if you want to talk about this. Like, really? Mm. Um, And again, there is that again. I don't want to say imposter syndrome, but almost like, sorry, like I can't, I can't really give you advice in that I went to med school and yeah. like whatnot because I'm so thankful I didn't get into med school. Um, and I told them, I was like, no, you guys, like I really tried. <laughs> like I did. I went through all the motions that you're going through. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I even went out of province to try to get into med school. Right. So like you haven't even scratched the surface yet. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like yeah, I'm yeah. trying to tell you, like I'm, a, I went Several steps ahead of you. You're not serious until you're really considering moving to like Barbados for a year, for four years. Yeah, exactly. And that's which I was never considering that. But the fact that I actually up and moved, left all my family and friends, you know, to go live by myself in Edmonton. Edmonton. Think about that for a second. You went to Edmonton. I know. That's terrible. So it's just like, don't talk to me until you've been to Edmonton. Yeah. Would you... (laughs) What what do you want so bad that you would move to Edmonton? Yeah, for? like, and this is what I was saying. Like, hey, hey, <laughs> don't take this lightly. Like, I legitimately tried. I did the MCAT twice. Like I said, I applied out of province and then also in province. And then when I kind of saw that that wasn't working out and my heart was already not in it anymore, I still tried. <laughs> yeah. Like, I wasn't even into it anymore and I was still trying. So that just goes to show you that, like, I was, when I'm determined, I'm determined. And so... Again, I did. I went through the same motions of checking, going through the list. You well, know? it's the sunk. I ended up applying to to nurse an accelerated nursing program. Yeah, um, got accepted, and then like didn't, and then I was like, oh, I don't want to be a nurse, right? So yeah, whatever. you'd be a nurse right now. That'd be that is so weird. I, I don't know if you'd be a worse nurse or a worse doctor. <laughs> all the above, all of the above, and then so I didn't get. I did get in, and then I didn't want to do it, so I just let the deadline pass. But then I was like, oh shoot. Maybe I do like want to do this again because you're so afraid that the opportunity is going to pass you by and you don't know what you're doing with your life and whatnot. And so and then I emailed them back and I made the stupidest lie. I was like, hi, um, I realized I actually just got home um, from Africa. I was on a missions trip in (laughs) Africa where I had limited access to Internet and I realized I just got home today yesterday and i didn't have internet so unfortunately i wasn't able to accept the offer and the deadline has passed like oh yeah no worries go ahead in the system now and accept it even though this was like a month later wow so that's just the the fact that they let me do that like you guys aren't legit this was university of toronto by the way so it's a legitimate school um and i was like you guys aren't legit (laughs) (laughs) the fact that i can make up such a blatant lie and still get accepted that's when i was like yeah i don't want to be in your program oh man (laughs) shout out to university of toronto bachelor of science accelerated in nursing um but yeah anyways so all that to say that i don't even know why we went on this rant but basically like it's really hard that even when you have the degree even you have the credentials you're still going to feel like an imposter because now I think, okay, yeah, I went to, I went to McMaster university. I got a science degree, but if I had to like do anything in science and like speak to it with like a level of confidence and like authority, I'd still feel like an imposter. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? And so that's why I kind of give myself that grace that now I'm working in the financial services industry and 
I didn't necessarily study it, but I was passionate about it. So I really put the work in to really know my passionate enough to like learn about it on On my own, on your own. And I think that's my problem with like the way the university system is set up, uh, at least in Canada, actually probably even in even worse in the States actually. But like, um, like you spend four years, especially to become like a doctor or pursue like a higher degree uh, beyond just like a bachelor of arts or whatever. Um, You spend all this time consumed by this like one like subject with very little opportunity to broaden the scope of your understanding of the world. And like, let's say you like really like just shut off life and said, I'm going to be, I'm going to do this and I'm going to dedicate every waking minute to like studying science and whatever it's like uk congratulations you became a doctor but you know nothing of empathy you haven't like not known you not know nothing (laughs) about empathy but like you don't like you haven't i don't know like you're missed there's still you're not a rounded person so you have this like 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 monolithic i guess um scope of your of your understanding yeah it's like tunnel vision yeah so here's the thing so I kind of left out that when I did end up deciding I didn't want to do med school and I didn't want to pursue nursing or any kind of professional medical degree, I ended up going the research route because I figured, okay, at least I'll be working within healthcare. It's more of the academia side of things, which is fine. Um, and then if I still, I, I still left that door crack open to be like, okay, this career, this job, this field that I've chosen will now like only um, heighten my chances of getting in in should I decide to still pursue that down right. down the line. So I even though I knew I didn't want to do it, I this is like the craziness of like how instilled it is in our society to try to like pursue these high level professional careers is that I still wanted to leave that door open. It wasn't until working within clinical research for four or five years, I think, that I was like, dear God, I need to leave this industry. I hate it. And you know, during my time working at Princess Margaret Hospital, I worked at the University of Alberta Hospital, a very short stint in sick kids. I worked at St. Michael's. I've worked at Toronto General. Like I worked basically every hospital, oh, Mount Sinai as well. I've worked <laughs> hospital row in Toronto. OK, yeah. so I've worked with a variety of different doctors and the ones I can honestly say that were, you know, excelling within their field that were releasing journals and Um, doing breakthrough research and winning awards and getting all these accolades were the ones that were way more well-rounded. The ones that were also pursuing, like as being a surgeon or a specialist, were also doing an MBA. (laughs) Like I actually worked with a woman. She was a terrible doctor, but she was definitely very celebrated and very decorated. Um, And then there was another... Qualify that for a second. What what do you mean by terrible doctor? Uh, She was just a terrible human being. Okay. Um... Yeah. Anyway, she was a terrible human being, but she was a decorated physician. Um, And then there was like a young resident who now works at St. Michael's. And he was like early in his career. um, He ended up actually doing after med school. He did a master's in public health, like after having received your MD, because he wanted to be more involved on like the policy side and helping with... um, healthcare with like vulnerable populations like homeless people and so now he's at St. Mike's and so I remember actually meeting up with him in Edmonton he was doing a residency interview and he, I knew him just through Twitter actually right um he was like hey I'm gonna be in Edmonton like do you want to grab coffee and so we actually met up at the University of Alberta 
in like the coffee shop there. And I was like, oh man, like I just wanted to pick his brain because here he is, like he's a step ahead of me, right? And um, and he was actually the one that was like, you know what, Octavia, med school's not everything. And I'm like, uh, yeah, easy for you to say, mister, I'm interviewing for residency positions. Mm-hmm. And I just remember that kind of stuck with me. A, of like, just the fact that it was so indignant, like of like, okay, really? Like, it's yeah, easy for, it's you, easy to for say, you to say, yeah. right? Here I am busting my ass trying to get into where you are now. Like, it's not everything. Yeah. But now I understand what he meant. Like the, the doc, the students, the pre-meds and the people that go into this field that think it's everything end up being the worst doctors. Like, again, they don't end up actually making any dent in like, policies or like actual access to healthcare for people they're just there to go in do their rounds do their charts and call it a day and drive home in their bmw like those and there's so many of that Mm -hmm. and like if you have been anywhere exposed to the canadian healthcare system you know what it feels like when your family doctor spends all of five minutes with you and then on to the next one yeah obviously there's systemic issues but this is a really tan- like huge tangent, but anyway. No, but it's interesting because it's it's it it just goes back to the fact that like because that that's a very extreme example of um, an instance where to in order to achieve something you have to have have the maturity and self awareness at like the age of sixteen to start building towards that. I know it's and ridiculous. Like how like the the people who do that are obviously the the anomalies in like the population, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I think of like athletes and stuff like that who like from the age of like twelve or whatever are working mm-hmm. towards something that's like a, a long shot already. Um, in yeah, like, like their 30s, right? It, it's like interesting though, right? Because like I have a friend who did the MCAT several times, three or four times. Mm-hmm. I think she applied to med school about three or four times, didn't yeah. get in anywhere, didn't even get interviews. She ended up going into nursing. And like we wonder, and then like she even ha- says like, you know, oh, I think I like might still be interested in doing this. She just turned like she's almost 31 years old at this point. Yeah. And we're like, man, I almost want to be like, there's so much more that you are not even exposing yourself to because it's just so hard. Like you, you have this singular focus in your mind. And, and I told her, I was like, you know what? This is great. Like work here. She's when she ended up becoming a nurse, but still I think has this like idea that she might want to go to med school still. And I'm like, just work as a nurse. Just work as a nurse and see how you like it. See how you're into, like, if you see the doctors and see what they do on a day-to-day basis and then decide and take some time to travel, like really expose yourself to things that are totally outside of the healthcare industry altogether, then decide. Don't do doctors without borders or something like that. (laughs) No, no. Don't go on a medical missions trip. Don't do any of that. Like literally go and make weave baskets in Mexico. Yeah, sit on a cafe and sip wine. That's right, in, in Paris. And <laughs> like do something completely outside of the realm and or whatever, work as a pasta maker in Italy for a year or something. Yeah. I don't know, I'm just throwing it out there because it's not everything. So all this to say that just because your degree is in that field or that's what all your job experience is, it's not too late to ever pivot. And this is coming from someone that basically did a 180 in my career. Um, and then, yeah, I'll still dip my toe in healthcare as I want to make money, you know, like 
it is what it is. Yeah. Um, but now it's more on the like tech and creative side. So. Yeah, but I think that's true for for any any like vocational calling or anything that you, like you want to do. It's like you're gonna feel like like if you just follow like the designation of the paper of what it says on your paper mm-hmm. or whatever it says on your degree, diploma, certificate, whatever it is. Yeah. Like if that's all you follow, then like you're not going to be a rounded person. And like, if, if your goal is to just be like the very best at that thing, then like, I still think you have to expose yourself to like other things in life. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. like ideas, ideas and like inspiration, it's like you have to be open. You have to have an openness in your life in general to like be able to source inspiration from anywhere at any time, whether that be like, you know, I used to always joke with you that you were going to cure cancer like in the shower one day <laughs> that you were going to yeah. come up with. It was How gonna, wrong were you? It was just going to hit you. <laughs> but like, but, but there's truth to that in the sense that like, yes, the inspiration can come at any moment. You know what I mean? And like, um, if you're not like rounded enough or have like uh, a knowledge base from which to draw from, or you're not drawing from other sources of, of like knowledge of inspiration, whether that be like literature or you know, reading up on other other topics or things like that, then like, I don't know, you're just going to be a like monotone person, a boring like person that might be, you know, an accomplished physician, accomplished, you know, lawyer or whatnot. But like, that's not all there is to life. And like, you're going to end up hating your life. Why do you think dentists have like a high, such a high suicide rate? Because they didn't get into med school. Because they did. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. It's like nobody grows up wanting to be, I want to be a dentist. Yeah. You know, you probably wanted to be a doctor and then failed at that. And then like, you know, worked your way. It's like that Simpsons episode with the vet. He's like, oh, loses a hamster. Yeah. He's like, or he saves the dog. He's like, days like this. I'm glad I didn't get into med school. (laughs) (laughs) You know? Oh, man. Oh, my gosh. So, yeah. And like. I think that's what like makes you not feel like an imposter is being a more rounded, educated person. Yeah. When, when like you can say like, I don't know. When yeah, when you're confident enough to say like, I don't know, but I'll figure it out. Yeah, and if someone's like, well, do you even know what you're doing? No, do you? <laughs> yeah. It, like it's like it's. I'm so over people trying to make other people feel like shit for quote like maybe not knowing every little detail of something, and like that doesn't mean you're not. Um. It doesn't mean you don't know what you're doing. It's just little details. Like I literally can tell you without like with a hundred percent, I don't know, confidence or whatnot. Um, I literally have worked with like surgeons that will come in from a room, like an exam room, <laughs> go into the little um, charting area where, you know, the doctors and nurses will do their thing and, and pull up Google. <laughs> what the hell is that? No, I'm, I'm not kidding you. It's the old Seinfeld joke. That wasn't the circle or the tube. <laughs> yeah. Feeling kind of red. Yeah. <laughs> but no, like they will open their browser, type in Google and Google it. So if that puts any fear of God in you, just know that just because they have all these letters behind their name and degrees it doesn't mean that they aren't Googling shit. You know what's funny is like I was sitting in a meeting, uh, I guess maybe a week ago now, and uh, there's a new person who had joined joined the team. And I was sitting next to them in the meeting, and they were kind of job shadowing another person to kind of get the gist of like meeting all the team and yeah. understanding sort of the structure. And here's our outlook. 
calendar. So she's sitting next to me in this meeting and like, you know, it's like corporate speak. It sounds like an eye chart. Everyone's throwing around acronyms and like letters. And it's like, oh yeah, did you check the CMP? Oh my God. You didn't check the CMP, did you? (laughs) Damn it, Johnson. I told you to check the CMP. Yeah. And I'm I'm thinking like, I don't know what CMP is. And I'm like, I was about to ask and I look over at her screen and she's just like, uh, acronym, like (laughs) look up. What is CMP? (laughs) I literally actually am starting with a new client um, next week. And they were like, oh, so, you know, normally in this in this industry, like there's a lot of like acronyms and things thrown around. And I just think like every single industry has their acronyms. Yeah. Like if you work in the entertainment industry, it's understood what a what a PA is. Mm -hmm. Now, a PA in entertainment industry is production assistant. Right. Mm -hmm. A PA in healthcare is a physician assistant. Mm -hmm. Like it's it just listen, it doesn't matter. I'll figure it out. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So like there's a lot of acronyms. Are you going to be like, okay with that? Oh, my God. That was a legit question. Yeah, like, I don't think they meant to, like, seem condescending or anything. I think they just legitimately, like, hey, just a heads up. There's going to be a ton of acronyms. Yeah, it. everyone's got And their it's just, like, acronyms. no shit. And I, and I legitimately, like, and I, I kind of, they chuckled about it. Because I'm like, yeah, I used to work in cancer research. So I'm very well averse with acronyms. <laughs> yeah, just, just to go, sh- to show you, like, no shit. I'll literally Google it, you know? Yeah, so yeah. that's, like, the stupidest thing I've ever heard. And, yeah. Google it is the answer to making a career shift. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, if you want to learn more about anything, Google it. ATL podcast about that life podcast. (laughs) Yeah. Google it. Write a review. I don't know if you can review us on Google on Android store or whatever. You can. No, I don't. I don't know. Are we just ignoring all our Android users? I'm Uh, pretty sure we're on there. I think so. I don't know. I don't know anything about. If you're on Android, let us know that you're out there. Yeah. (laughs) Because we don't know you exist. Yeah. (laughs) Condescending Apple people over here. Yes. Um, Anyway, we would, we would definitely appreciate a review on the iTunes store and, Mm -hmm. uh, uh, don't feel like an imposter. You belong here. You belong here. You belong here. <laughs> this is about your life, too. Yes. Uh, but anyway, uh, we will see you next time. Review us on iTunes and leave us a rating. Leave us a rating. Comment on Facebook. Ask the questions on Facebook. God damn it. Like, <laughs> that's where it needs to be. Yes. Uh, and we will see you next week. Maybe one of us, maybe two of us, maybe you and some other random person, maybe <laughs> me and a rando. Who knows? Yeah. Uh, but we will be back for episode 50 of About That Life. <gasps> the big 5 We finally the, made it. What is that? It's not the it's bicentennial? No, half centennial? Quarter. Half a century. I know. It's a half a century, but there's got to be a word for it. Anyway, we'll figure it out. We'll Google it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, see you next time. I'm Will Ramirez. And I'm Octavia Ramirez. And we out. Bye.